Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. How are we doing, everybody? This is Dr. Wardy coming at you with another episode from the Dr. Dads. I'm with my BFF here, Dr. Nicholas Jensen. What's up, my friend? Doing well, buddy. We uh, we had a great little connection before getting on the call today, and it's you know uh, as we were talking, we realized wow, this is this is something that we need to chat about, and uh, something that's hitting uh, hitting home for both of us, literally. You know, and and as we understand ourselves more deeply with parenting and and our relationship to our kids our partner and and just this world that we're in so um, I'm looking forward to chatting with you today and it's it's been like two weeks since you and I've recorded so it feels like it's been a little while you know the holidays disrupt things and we get that we got to get the year going you know how that goes but yeah man you know it's funny that you know we we're talking about our children and their behavior and the dynamic of parents and our behavior and how these entangle and am I doing the right thing as a parent? Am I not? You know, is it my child? I mean, I think as parents, we all get lost. Sometimes there's a little bit of the guilt trip sometimes because we don't know how to manage maybe the behavior of our kids at moments in time. Uh, you know, me and Nick, were talking right now and we we're like, Oh, we should be recording this. We should be recording because we were discussing just the dynamics of how 2020 played into many families and family life and the impact that it has had on kids. Because as adults, I think that we all have had conversations with either our spouses or our loved ones or friends and family or whatever. And we've talked about how this is affecting us all from, a, I would say, an emotional place. But excuse my language, man, but stress is a bitch. And like, all the kids are dealing with this too in their own way, right? From their schooling being disrupted to having to be home around their parents all day, which they're not used to that. Neither is the parent used to the kid being home all day. Um, to some of them not leaving the house for months and months, right? They're just been kind of cooped up and they want to see their friends and they want to play and they need that normalcy somewhat in their lives to honestly man to to feed them so that they can feel somewhat normal and relieve stress kind of like we do so you know i was telling dr nick right now i was like you know it was crazy last year you know i work i do a lot of vagus nerve work on my patients that come in and i see this on adults all the time but last year was the first year where i had a lot of children and kids and teenagers coming into my clinic that were having horrible anxiety and depression were having sleep issues and it was kind of alarming to see, but it's interesting how you see how our environment changes mm -hmm. and how it's affecting us all and kind of how this plays out. So, you know, you were telling me about one of your kids is, you know, a little irritable lately and, you know, a little hard to manage. And I think as parents, we all go through those periods. I go through it with Diego, you know, and I was telling Dr. Nick, I said, you know, when we pick that up on Diego, the first thing I do is I go and check his nervous system and I try to see what's going on because what we have actually found in our household is when Diego gets real irritable, we see disruptions in sleep, everything starts becoming a debate at home. We get the, you know, you have to repeat yourself six, seven, eight, nine, ten times for them to do something and they just kind of keep ignoring you so that attention is not there, right? That focus and concentration. 
one of the main things I always find on him is his vagal tone is blown out. So he's just lost that vagal tone and he has no reactivity. So he's stuck in that survival defense mode. And for us as parents, our kids are in pure reaction to us at that point. They're not mm. in creativity. They're not going to be focused and listening. You know, it's, it's going to be confrontation. It's going to be debate. It's going to be irritability uh, pretty constantly when they're in that state. And what I need our listeners to understand is this is literally just the tone of your child's nervous system of where it's at. And this happens to us as adults. You know, when you can't move back into that nice, calm, relaxed state, that parasympathetic tone, your behavior and the way you, you re interact with your world completely changes. And this is just magnified for a child because they don't understand necessarily why they're acting that way. Mm -hmm. You know, you were saying, Nick, right now, that after, after the fact, you'll have a conversation. Sometimes if you guys have a little, a little uh, argument or whatever it may be about behavior and, and he calms down that he thinks about it and he's able to kind of see the bigger picture there, right? But I mean, how many times of adults do we just react because of the stress that we're under? And then afterwards, we're like, oh, crap, maybe that wasn't the best way to handle that. Or maybe that wasn't the best reaction I could have. And we do this all the time with our spouses or, mm -hmm. or co-workers and stuff like that, just because of the mood and behavior that we're in. But this is all influenced by the nervous system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> I love how you said that. I mean, you really painted a, a really complete picture understand that physiology and the, and the bandwidth that, that, that we have as uh, our capacity to deal with things, especially in the climate of, of the world that we're in right now, just everything is definitely heightened. And, you know, we were talking before about, you know, kids maybe spending more time than they're used to with their parents or less time with their friends, less time in some sort of more normal routine. Um, maybe they're wearing masks more often and they're not getting the, the, the full facial expression that they, that they could out of the people that they're, they are seeing. And, the, the whole world uh, that they're in right now feels definitely more like a, a survival based one, especially if the parents are coming in with that, that kind of energy. And, you know, I think that we're, you know, we're both fortunate in the sense that, I mean, our kids school is open and they're able to, to go to, to go to school and, and have some level of, um, I guess, a normal routine, but you guys actually transitioned out of homes uh, into homeschool. So how, how's that experience been for you guys? So, you know, one of the big reasons that Clarissa and I chose to keep him in the homeschooling, I mean, we kind of had to, right? But most people in El Paso were going off of the, basically the district-based homeschooling. So these kids are in front of a computer literally for like seven hours a day, sitting in front of a computer and they're trying to go to school. Now, I think I read something at the end of Christmas that said like the, the, the failure rate this year for like nation, nationwide in the U.S. was 41%. My goodness. Because kids just weren't signing on and going to school. Hmm. And it was interesting, man. Like a number of the parents that come in to me and their children, the parents would share with me like how difficult it was for the kids, how they weren't really learning, that it was a really poor model to get the learning done with the way that they were trying to do it. And a lot of kids just can't learn that way. You know, they're, I mean, just sitting in front of a screen all day and having to listen. And I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I, I, I couldn't do that as an adult. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even think I could do that, man. I was trying to put myself in kids' shoes this past year. I mean, and think like, could I do that? Like when I was in like fifth or sixth grade or, I mean, Diego's a kindergartner, right? That's when this all went down last year. So he was starting first grade. 
So, you know, me and Clarissa, we sat down, we had a long talk before um, the fall and we said, okay, what do we know? I said, I do not want my kid in front of a computer. There's number one. Number two, I don't want him sitting down in front of a computer or, or anything for seven hours because that's just ridiculous. So we decided to do our own version of homeschooling. We're using an accredited uh, program through the state. Uh, Texas is pretty lax on that. But basically, we designed our own homeschooling program. Hmm. So Diego pretty much goes to school Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. He'll do a lesson with me uh, at least once a week, usually science-based or something else. And then Clarissa works with him on those days that she's doing schooling for about four hours, man. So he works a little bit, gets a break. They go outside, they play, he rides his bike, they go for walks, they go to the playground and they come back and they knock out another two, maybe three hours. Sometimes, sometimes they do five hours, but it's spread out throughout the day, right? He's still getting outside. He's still playing. Sometimes there's other kids at the, at the playground and gets to play. And then he doesn't sit in front of a computer all day. So she's still having wow. him do, you know, the lessons longhand with pen, you know, and, and having to do worksheets and workbooks and all that stuff. And the other thing that I loved about this transition was we are focusing a ton on mindfulness mm. as part of his schooling. <laughs> so before he starts his lesson every day, our routine is uh, Clarissa gets into basically like, um, you know, I'm not, you're going to laugh right now because I'm going to say some stuff. So they get into this nice, you know, they, they sit down on the floor together and they get in a nice yoga posture and she does oh, some breathing so exercises with them. And then they'll do some Sufi grinds. Yeah. Diego calls them soupy grinds because it's like a ladle with the soup. I think Clarissa said she loves that's that even better. You, right. <laughs> and then uh, they do some ohms and then she teaches them about, you know, sound and all that stuff. And then they'll have a lesson on mindfulness. And so we have this really cool book. It's like a workbook, but there's all these different lessons in this book that teach children about mindfulness mm-hmm. and all these different dynamics. And then she'll go through a lesson that day and then he'll do some schooling on his break or towards the front end or the back end, he does a brain tap session. So she'll have him maybe color or do some of his work while he's brain tapping. But that's kind of what schools look been, look like, man. So the nice part- I want to send that, my kids to your school. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm sure awesome. people listening want to as well. That sounds oh, it's amazing. So, it, it's so much fun, man. And like Clarissa's having a lot of fun doing it that way. And Diego's been enjoying it. We've seen huge strides in his focus and concentration, his cognition. But honestly, man, like that kid didn't have much stress last year. So what was playing out for a lot of kids that I was watching from my, my, my patients, that wasn't happening at my home. But that was by design, man. Like I didn't want to have to go through what, what a lot of these people were going through and, and that rigmarole, right? So we just decided to create our own, our own way of doing those things. But it just goes to show you, man, like I wasn't in reaction to the world around me and then just dealing with that, like many people were. We decided to go into creation and say, what does this need to look like versus the way it's looking like? That's all. I mean, that's that's essentially how you look at people when you help them as well. It's, where's the interference? What's working? What's not working? Where do we need to support? What do we need to let go of? You know, it's a very practical and, and holistic way of looking at things. You know, and, and I love that, you know, we sort of addressed the problem, talked about a solution that you're using, um, and then and then going back to the reality that, that most people don't have that solution or haven't opted in for that solution. 
And at the end of the day, like, even if you create the perfect environment, your kid's still going to be a kid and still have his vagus nerve blown out. And he's still going to have tantrums. He's still going to lose his shit. And, and there's kids who are definitely at a heightened state of that, um, you know, that fight or flight or that survival state where this is probably happening much more regularly for them. And so, you know, yeah, what are some, some ways to navigate the waters of that, that, uh, that, that heightened state of survival? So the first thing I would say as a parent is there needs to be some awareness on your part of knowing what's going on with your child. And that's always right. So like one of the things you'll, you should be looking at always for your kids is like we, me and Nick were talking just basic irritability. I mean, you know, when you know when your kids are in a calm, relaxed state, what their behavior looks like. And then, you know, when they're not in that state, you know, they're either irritable. Uh, there's a debate every time you ask them to do something. They don't want to listen sometimes. So like they're, they're, they're literally their focus is not there you're noticing massive sensory distraction so they just get easily distracted you know you may ask them to do something uh, they say okay mom dad and then they turn and they're doing something else and it's like they completely forgot what you were saying because they didn't really hear you right mm-hmm. so you'll notice that the focusing concentration stuff goes some irritability one of the things that i also notice with diego is his sleep gets a little disrupted so he's a really good sleeper most of the time but when his vagus starts to go he starts to kind of roll into our room maybe around 3.30 or 4 in the middle of the night. So he'll start crawling in the bed early with me in the morning. Um, and I'll notice, okay, he's not getting that full night's rest. Because I usually roll in around 6.45 to wake him up every morning and he's out. Uh, so we do, we do monitor that. And then um, the other thing is just to see, like, I, I was just saying vitality, right? Like, you know, where's that energy in them and where's that happiness and stuff like that? Because when we're stuck in that survival defense mode and that sympathetic overdrive, like I said earlier, you're, you're, you're just kind of reacting to everything. And when this is a child doing that, it looks a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, man, because like not every parent has a tool like I do in the real time to just go in there and correct that. Clarissa made a joke the other day and she's like, I don't know what we would do without NIS. She's, <laughs> she's like... What do parents do that don't have this tool? Like, you know, and, and so, like I said, I've seen some kids in the, in the clinic and, and again, it's just like run down, but it, it manifests differently. Like three or four of the kids that came in with their vagus bone this year, horrible structural issues. So like kids that never have neck pain, they're coming in and their parents say they can't move their neck. Like these kids literally are coming in and they have seized up necks and they can barely turn, you know? So they had a lot of cervical issues this year. Uh, we talked about the sleep stuff for sure. So, I mean, it can, it's going to kind of show its way a little bit differently, but a lot of times you need to just have that awareness as a parent to see what, what's going on with your kids. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then like a, to that point, you know, you also have to check on your own energy, right? Like oh, yeah. if, you're, if you're coming at your kids with more irritability today, you haven't found that calm presence within yourself. Uh, everything's going to look like a problem. I mean, I know days where I've like, I don't know, come out of a meditation practice or I've just taught and I'm, I'm in a state of flow. And then Sonia has been doing something different and I can see that her energy and how she's meeting the kids in their moment of, you know, disruption versus how I could come in. And, you know, and this isn't just, it's always this way. I mean, it happens the other way too, where, you know, Sonia just maybe taught a yoga class and I've been in the middle of the, the weeds <laughs> going over an argument or discussion. And it's just interesting as, as a 
parent or co-parenting where you can really see the energy of the room and how everybody's starting to kind of go downhill. And you have an opportunity, I think, being that co-parent to sort of swoop in and how do we just sort of lift the energy by, you know, bringing a little more play in and bringing a little more fun. And, and this is where I think reading your partner and, uh, really, and, and for those, unfortunately, that don't have that co-parenting capacity because, you know, they're single parent, uh, I really feel for you. That's a really hard job to do. Um, so those of us that do have our partner there, man, we, we can really maximize our experience for ourselves, for each other, but also for our kids when we meet the moment with a little bit more clarity and presence. Um, so I think that's a that's an opportunity. But what I wanted to go with this conversation, because again, it's such a great job at sort of laying the foundation for for addressing things. Let's Let's sort of take this experience of 2020, and this is a mirror for you know, any stress technically in anyone's life. And then they've, you know, we've, they've grown up, they're, they're you know, in their 40s, 50s or beyond. Um, so many of us have never done, you know, quote unquote, the work that we need to do to sort of heal that child. So when our, when our kids, for example, are in a disruptive pattern, at the end of the day, as a parent, we, we just, we love on them and, and you know, we find a way, sometimes there's discipline, uh, there's different behaviors that we can, you know, elicit to help support them. But at the end of the day, like we just love them to pieces. And sometimes we just give them a good hug and just say, Hey, like, I know you're not feeling well. I'm, I'm here for you. Just let me hold you. Um, we don't, you know, speaking as an adult, what if we had that same energy for our brothers and sisters out there in the world? You know, what if we just said, Hey, I, I hear you. I see you. I, I know you're going through a real tough time right now. You know, you don't necessarily have to hold them, but you can hold them in your with with your heart, with your thoughts, and just meet someone in this state of uh, this frequency in a whole different kind of way. So how like, and you know, obviously that that comes across much easier, you know, in a patient doctor relationship, I think. Um, but I think this this also becomes a message not just for parents, but also for people who are just you know making their way through life and recognizing that you know, hey, that person pissed me off. Um, well what was that trigger inside you? Like what was that that allowed itself to birth in your experience? And what if you just held that person in that state of like, they haven't actually worked through their childhood trauma. Right. Cause uh, you know, as we, as we got on to the call, we were like, how do we know we're not screwing up our kids, <laughs> you know? And I think, you know, this is an opportunity for all of us to really reflect on how we're behaving or reacting to, to the life around us, but acknowledging that everybody still has their inner child and they're probably behaving just like, when I'm not behaving fully consciously, I'm behaving like my inner child, child that my child is acting like a jackass and I'm behaving like a child towards him. And, and you know, so I want to sort of bring that dynamic in this conversation too, because I think it's really important for us to just have that awareness for ourselves in all these moments. It could be driving in traffic. It could be, you know, getting uh, a result that you weren't happy with, you know, and whatever, you know, version of reality that is for you. You know, it's funny that you're talking about the co-parenting thing and one parent being able to point this out for you, right? Yeah. Because in my house, it, it goes both ways. But like like you're saying, you notice that there's this abnormal behavior from your partner of how they're reacting to their environment. And immediately you can flag it, right? And it's funny because like we'll say something. Like I'll just kind of look at Clarissa and I'll be like, hey, what's going on over here? Like... Because, you know, you know, that's not a normal reaction of how she yeah. would handle that situation. And she does the same thing to me. She'll roll up to me and she's like, we need to work on you. Something's going on. 
Because I mean, it's but it's it's there's so much truth in what you just said, Pam. Because we know our partners, we know our behaviors, we know how the, that energy that they bring, and when that's off, mm -hmm. it's it's huge for the other person to actually throw that red flag out to the to the person and say, hey, like run a run a check on yourself for a second and just see kind of where you're at. Yeah. And it's very helpful, man, because she resets me all the time if I'm there and, and same for her. And we don't want to hear it when mm -hmm. we when when they tell us in the moment. Right. It's kind of like when you're in that moment and you're heated and then they say it and you're like, you know, it's right. true, <laughs> but you don't want to know. You don't want it to be true. But like, yeah. it's so true that you're like, ah, oh, she's right. Yeah, but absolutely, man. That awareness is, is ginormous, not just for like knowing what's going on with their children but like where are you at because i know mm. with me many times when i start to notice there's this repetitiveness to how i'm reacting to my environment it's usually me it's not it doesn't have anything to do with anybody in my environment that day yeah. i realize okay i'm off what's going on with me today mm -hmm. right and there's that, that there's that reflection there's that, that awareness that i try to start creating with myself to figure out what's going on with me and like you're saying, it's like this inner child thing. Sometimes Clarissa will just look at me and Diego when we're going at it together. And she's like, oh, I can't handle you two. Because like I get into Heard my that little one child. I get, I, get into, I get into my little child moments with him while he's yeah. doing his. And she's like, you both are like two little kids right now. And, just, <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, you just kind of fall into it sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I think that the bigger one there is like, you hit it on the head when you just said awareness but not just for your, for yourself and for everything around you. And like, I think when we can be in that state, we have more room to make adjustments and to change directions. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and to, to, to navigate our, our world a little better than when we don't. And like so many people are, I feel like are just going around blindlessly all day because they don't have that awareness. Yeah. So it's this just pure mode of like emotional disruption Right. And then, you know, you can't get a, you know, one of the things when you're in that state is you can't get a grip on your emotions. Right. So like that resiliency to handle your emotions is not there. Yeah. So one of the big things I always tell people, a, a good way to know if you're in that survival defense mode uh, and you're stuck is number one, you don't feel like yourself. And when I say that, everybody knows what that means is like, you know, when you feel like you. So when you're in this state, you don't feel like yourself. And some people have been stuck like for weeks or months this way. They just feel like they can't find that. Like it's almost like that center point of who you are again. Right. Like you haven't been able to attain that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just, you don't feel like you have any kind of grip on anything around you. And it's a very frustrating feeling. Right. So for a child to have that same feeling, we need to create understanding there and say, okay, they're human beings just like us. And they're going to have those moments just like we do. And like you're saying, at the end of the day, sometimes it's just like, a, I love you, man. Or, you know, I love you, sweetheart. Because like, there's not much more to say. It's just like, wasn't a great day. Tomorrow's another day. And it's like, let's just hit it again. But you come from that place of love, right? And you show that love and, and create that understanding for that person in that, in that moment. And a lot can come from that, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I, I, you look at, I look at what you and me do for a living, right? How many people brother, that have come in over the years, they come in in that state 
And just from you being around that person for that half hour or however long you're with them during your consults or, you know, the time you spend with them, you're able to shift that person when they leave your office. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like when one individual can bring the proper energy and love and kindness to that space and that other person is in disruption, you will naturally pull that other person out of that state through osmosis, through your energy, through your awareness, through your consciousness. You know, and Hawkins, Dr. David Hawkins talks about this. You know, Mm -hmm. this is just one of those principles of if we were to show up for these people instead of reacting to them, what, how could we influence their behavior? Mm -hmm. Because when you come from that power, right? Power versus force. That person's stuck in that force mode. So if you come from a place of power, yeah. you're able to shift those people. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you know that's that's that level of responsibility you know that, that comes with awareness. Because essentially, when when someone's stuck in that state, they're stuck in their suffering, right? This perceived version of of how they want their reality to look, where there's no disruption and we're not getting triggered and you know, but essentially, you know, we're stuck in a, this place of suffering that that we're perceiving is something that um, we have no control over. And I think uh, that can be a lonely place. It can be a very frustrating place. But until we realize and recognize that we're the source of that suffering in, in the sense that how we're relating to um, the, the world around us, you know, and we're, we're expecting things to go a certain way based on past experiences, we're projecting the future about how things are supposed to be or how you'd like them to be. But uh, the more we do that, the more we disorient ourselves from this moment that, that it is now. And, and uh, you know, I can't help but uh, think that, you know, especially in this world that we're in right now with our, our par- uh, with the parenting and with the kids, you know, if we don't figure this out, how are they going to figure this out? You know, or, or if, if we can't show up that way for, for our partners, you know, how can we expect them to show up? you know, in that way. And I've had these little pause moments when Sonny has been grilling me, like, you're just like, you know, you guys are just, just exact same. And, and I've been learning, you know, cause I didn't get this right away, but I, I, my first reaction would have been to like, inside my head, I could hear the little, the little Nick going, no, you, you're just like them, <laughs> you know, but, but now I've just learned to pause and just take it in and go, you know, I could feel the resistance coming up. I can feel the the wanting to prove wrong, uh, the wanting to not be that person that she's saying that I'm clearly being. And it's it's really, I mean, it's freedom. When you can just acknowledge that someone has you because you've been outed based on your behavior, and if you can just allow yourself to feel that uncomfortableness of that silliness of the behavior, it's actually funny it's really funny because you're like, yeah, I, I am actually behaving just like him, if not worse. And I'm, and I'm battling him in the way that, that, uh, that he's battling me right now. And I, in, th- and, and somehow in some reality, I think that I can win this battle, <laughs> which is just obviously there's no, there's no winning when you're coming in that same, you know, resistance, no. right. There's, there's a, there really is no winning in that space. Oh, and, and that's when those fun comments would be like, oh, our child's just so stubborn and he's yeah. always got to have his way. And then it's like, no, you do. You yeah. have to have your way. <laughs> yeah. It's a little reality check that, that oh, seems to show up. It's yeah. so true, though. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, on this topic of, of suffering, because a lot of, you know, pain is real. Um, you know, things aren't always going to go our way. You know, we have this idea that we want to create a perfect world, but that's, you know, it's unrealistic. Um, 
you know, ultimately when we get stuck in future or past, we, we can live in a place of suffering and we can feel like that's just our world. So what are, um, you know, what are, what are some of your favorite tools to, to bring awareness to that state and, and to shift it? So, you know, for me, one of the biggest things I've noticed is, and I read this in a book, man, I can't remember the name of the book right now, but it's kind of like you're hearing a soundtrack. So when your child's not behaving the best and they're, they're either irritable, they're just being difficult, right? Uh, or you're asking them to, you know, there's just no compliance. Let's just put it that way. I kind of hear it as a soundtrack now. So it's kind of like, oh, I don't like that music, right? So if I can be have enough awareness to pick up on that, I kind of will remove myself for a little bit until that soundtrack starts to change, mm -hmm. right? And then when it starts to chill out, I will move back into being around, for example, Diego. And it's really just more of a place of like, some days it's like, there's not gonna be a change of behavior. So I realized that the only change that needs to actually take place is how I react to him. And that's, that, that comes with that, that shifting. I step away, I come back. And then if it's not changing, I don't force it, man. You know, I used to, mm -hmm. when I was just starting this whole parenting thing, I used to think, no, like he has to change and he has to do it this way and it needs to shift right now. And I don't do that anymore, man. And that's okay. You know, I was telling you earlier, like sometimes you just got to give it up to like, they're just not having a good day. You let it run its course. And then tomorrow's another day mm -hmm. because it doesn't do me any good as his dad sitting there trying to control the outcome of what should happen with his behavior or how he should be acting if he's misbehaving or whatever that may be. So I think just that whole stepping away and assessing how I'm reacting to it is actually one of the biggest tools that I've, I've used for myself. Mm -hmm. And I actually read that in a parenting book and it's, it's helped a ton because usually like what I'm getting is it's usually not the child mm -hmm. sometimes that needs to basically change the behavior. It's, it's the parent that does. Yeah. So that would be the first thing I would start with. Um, and then honestly, man, like I think our overall health of how we take care of ourselves from getting a good amount of sleep and eating right and doing all these things plays a big role in how we show up to our day for our kids because like huge we do a lot of things to optimize our health right and to take care of ourselves and i can't imagine if i didn't have the health that i had right now how i would, would be reacting in real time to to my child and to like stress in my life so i would say i mean another biggie is just like how healthy are you from a spiritual emotional and physical place because that's going to play into your ability to show up for your kids and your spouse and everybody else every day and how you react with your environment. So if, if I've already you're upside down there, I'm, I'm, I promise you, you're having these big time reacting react reactory periods where you're just in pure reaction to your environment and the stress levels are always going to be elevated. Yeah, how about you, man? I love that you said that because that's, that's the, sometimes we, we just keep doing us and we keep doing our life that we forget that that's, that's a huge factor, right? This is, this, these are things that obviously we're teaching people every single day and that we forget that those are the things that are giving us buoyancy through our own, or through our own life sometimes. I mean, it's, it's so true. 
and you can see it on a day where maybe you didn't sleep as well, or maybe you, you know, I shared uh, sushi, which I never eat sushi, but I had sushi with my, my older son a few weeks ago and I could just feel my, my mood crashing, you know, just like my blood sugar was, was falling down or, or possibly it was in a spiral upwards. I don't know, but uh, there's so much stability that comes from a, a healthy lifestyle practice and being consistent. And, you know, we call it your sadhana, your daily practice that, uh, that you kind of forget that that's always in operation. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's a, that's a big, big one. And that's self, I think it's a self check, you know, self assessment, you know, and you said something earlier, not necessarily in this moment, but you, you know, kind of talked about you step out of the room and you, you know, you, you talked about these, like, like it's, it's, it's a season, like the behavior is a season. And we, we imprint that this is who they are now. You know, we keep, I found this even when we were like earlier on with our kid, we were trying to teach our kids how to, um, you know, so I said, trying to teach our kids how to uh, sleep better at night. You know, we, you, maybe something worked like two days in a row. All of a sudden, this is how my kid sleeps. You create a new pattern, you know, this is who they are. And then of course it disrupts again and it changes. But uh, just being aware of the change, you know, being aware that there's this inherent, you know, tidal reaction to their behavior. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a moment, there's a season that's upon them as a result of all these different factors, the, the relationship dynamics to their sleep, to their food, to their nutrition, to their stimulation, to the screen time, to maybe they had a rough day with one of their friends. It just didn't jive with them as well. And like, there's all these little factors that they can't articulate that's coming into a moment where you're starting to create a definition around their behavior. And then, you know, I think we have to catch ourselves as parents to go like, no, they're not shitty humans. They just had a, they had a rough day or they're having a rough week and they're not themselves. And we're expecting perfection. It's just not a reality. So how can we, you know, be more, a little more loving? You know, we talked a little bit before about even with adults, like what if we just embrace them? You know, just, you know, I have this, uh, yeah, I think we did this after men's camp, we came home and just like, just stared into our boy's eyes and just were like wow there you are wow you are one amazing amazing little human and i'm so grateful that i get to be here you know in this life uh as your father because uh you're sure teaching me a whole hell of a lot of stuff and uh i think that that little pause moment is another one of just like i see you and i hear yeah. you right when you need it right I, yeah. I i think one of the things i told clarissa one time was Diego is going to be my biggest challenge in my life. Mm -hmm. and, and it's true, man, but like, I'm going to rise to the challenge. I, I, I want the challenge. It's helping me grow as a person, right? I mean, that's what our kids do for us. They help us grow. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, I mean, you, you want to show up for them in, the, in your best version of yourself. And, you know, outside of us just taking care of our, our health, you know, you just said something right now, like, what are you doing for your kids' health? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you feeding them? You said screen time. You know, one thing we noticed with Diego is during the break for Christmas, we let him watch some more movies and more cartoons because he was in school. And it was a little hard getting him off the bandwagon going back yeah. into the year, right? Like, he was swinging him back out of that. And he's like, wait, I can't watch cartoons in the morning anymore. And, you know, like, why <laughs> can't I watch TV? And I'm like, oh, we're getting back on the routine again. You know, yeah. the holidays are over, vacation time's over. But that does affect their behavior, man. I mean, mm -hmm. it's good for your kids to be bored. Mm -hmm. For parents listening, if your kids are never bored, you're going to have a big problem. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I think that's huge. That's something that you and me grew up. We didn't have devices and screens in front of us. We had to go in the car with our parents long distances and stare out the window or just, you know, sit there in silence in the back while your parents are having a conversation or, you know, we went to shopping with our parents while they were shopping around and we're bored all the time. But I think that is a vital component of a child's upbringing is they have to have those, those moments of just being with themselves. Mm-hmm. So I would ask to some of these parents, since we're just talking about all these dynamics, man, is like, how much time does your child have with themselves versus in front of a screen or just always being stimulated throughout the day with something? Because that's the reality of life is like, we have to have those downtimes. We need to have that inward time, right? And I think as a child, when you're bored, that's when you have the inward time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as a parent, technically, you could, you could sit there with them in their boredom. Yeah. Be bored with them. And, That's what and, I tell Diego. <laughs> I'm bored. Dad is like, me too, Bob. Let's just hang out. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I love these conversations that, that stir, you know, out of, you know, we were just asking each other, we, we were doing, and I was kind of saying, well, you know, I am kind of having some troubles with my older son. Like, I want to make sure that I'm doing a good job parenting. And, you know, it, it hurts me to see him, you know, in an irritable preteen stage. And, you know, there's more you know, confrontation and disagreements and, and learning how to be a good father and parent. Um, yeah, it does require constant attention. And, and at the end of the day, all we want for them is to just, you know, set them up for success in the best way that we know how without causing too much disruption along the way. And, you know, as, as much as, you know, we may have some good advice, we're, we're learning as well. And we're, we're just like, you know, we don't have all the answers even towards health, you know, despite what we'd, we'd like to think. We, we just don't have all the answers. And, and just being okay with I don't know sometimes I think is an important, you know, also like just like boredom. Sometimes it's good to, to not know and just kind of sit with, uh, oh, yeah, like this, this, is, this is challenging. All right. And then also recognize that we have a capacity to figure it out, you know, recognize that we can meet this challenge. And, we're, and we're, I love that you said that too. Like I want to I wanna be a good dad. I want to show up for my son and my my two to my two boys i want to i want to be awesome for them and i'm willing to do that you know and are we willing to do that for ourselves are we you got a health your your body's in crisis are you feel it right feel like that it sucks it's frustrating and are you willing to 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 do it like you know and what if we had that same enthusiasm that we can put on our kids for ourselves you know what if we i'm willing to look at my reaction to my spouse to my wife to my partner whoever that is my kids i'm willing to go through this discomfort i'm willing to show up for myself to be a better version of myself to be healthier to to learn and be more aware of you know these different things that are going on and uh i think there's a willingness there that that we can all embody for ourselves because you know at the end of the day we're worth it and so are our kids so as of the family that we chose it's important for us to show up well, like we talked a while back, that's the new modern man, man. Yeah. No more of this machismo BS of like, oh, I don't need to change. I don't need to grow. No. Yeah. I think the modern man is more aware of his role, right? And yeah, like you're saying, he wants to show up in more than more than more than one way mm-hmm. to influence his children. So, well yeah. said, man. Yeah, we got you know Dr. Osvaldo Gaitan is going to join us in a couple of weeks. Uh, awesome. We're going to talk. You know, for our listeners, he was on an early episode of our podcast talking about child behavioral health. 
but we're going to get into another conversation with them and talk about looking at addressing your child's behavior from a more holistic place, which I'm really excited to get into a, a talk with him about that. So he'll be on in a couple of weeks. So yeah, we'll talk to an expert about that as well. And uh, yeah, this was fun, man. Mm -hmm. Like uh, always stuff to learn. I learned a bunch just listening to you today and having a chat and yeah, man, we're not, we're not ruining our kids. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just that process. And I think if you're a parent and you haven't asked yourself that, then there might be something wrong. So yeah, I think we've all had those moments. So. Yeah. Here's, here's to being human, right? I mean, this yeah. is, this is the journey and I'm happy to be on this journey with you, man, because it's, yeah, me uh, too, man. it would be a lonely place without uh, the doctor dads coming together. Yes. Sharing this, sure, this stuff. So home play for our listeners today, where is your awareness? Do you have awareness of your child's behavior? And then where's yours An awareness with your behavior, with how you show up when your child's maybe not in that nice, calm, relaxed state. But yeah, I would say that's the kind of the key word right now. Right. Mm -hmm. On that note, did you, did you pick a word of the year? I did. And it was awareness. There you go. That's yeah, the one. That, that's my goal this year. I feel like if I can keep a steadier state of that uh, in my home life and work life and everything in between, that I think I'll, I'll be more even keel this year. So we'll mm -hmm. see how it goes. Love it. Coming from the wizard, that's, that's like sort of your, <laughs> that's like your baseline state of being, but yeah. You can I always be better. I can always be better. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. And, your, and yours is what? Mine's inquiry inquiry yeah. Yeah, yeah so i think you know for our listeners we're gonna have a podcast on that too and talk about picking a word for the year versus these new year's resolutions but nick's gonna kind of give the little uh lesson there and we'll talk a little bit why, why that's important but yeah that's that's my word man and I'm, every day i wake up to it so that's good cool all right people thanks for tuning in always a pleasure to see you buddy and uh we'll see hear from everybody on on again we appreciate all the feedback and love all the support and uh this is fun for us so hopefully it's fun for you too and we'll see you on the next one see you guys later thanks for listening if you enjoyed today's podcast please be sure to subscribe to the dr dads and share with your family and friends you can also follow and interact with dr nick and dr david on facebook and instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness be well